Welcome to the Smiling Homeschooler Podcast, Episode 4. I'm your host, Ben Wilson. On this week's show, we're going to be talking about Part 3 of a four-part series on the whys behind homeschooling. We hope it's encouraging, so let's get started. Here's my dad, Todd Wilson. Well, welcome, Mom. We're glad you're here. Um, It's hot and sticky up here in northern Indiana, uh, and it's twice as hot because our air conditioning is out. Um, And uh, Ben, I was just uh, talking to Rissa, your wife, today. Um, and I know she, you know, she's your wife, uh, but I'm letting everybody else know that she's your wife. Um, that you're, uh, cause you had called me. I was over, I was in Atlanta this past weekend and you were asking about, uh, your water softener. How did that turn out? Did you ever replace that? No, we were, uh, I was trying to decide what to do. We were going to go to Menards and they had a great deal on one. They did like their 11% off. I don't know if you guys have Menards where you're from, but it's like, one of the greatest home stores I think uh, but it was an online only item and we know of a guy in the area who does like certified refurb so we're thinking about going checking him out first so I think we'll wait a couple weeks until they do the 11% again and and then do it but it was fine I, I, I mean I wouldn't have had, had time anyway probably that day to even get it swapped out so I worked on a camper we're working on right now and uh, did that instead so we'll figure it out I guess but I guess yeah I didn't know you worked on did you get anything done not really. I just worked on a couple windows. I whatever that butyl tape or the uh, caulking tape. I put that around some of the windows and uh, just did a few other little odd and ends. I've got a huge list of stuff, so I'm maybe a third of the way down on the list. So that's at least somewhere. Well, I was telling Rissa that um, you know we have so much to do around our house. It just feels like everything's broken. I've got to fix the air conditioner. Um, uh, we have cars that are broken, but they're not my cars. Here's the deal. I thought this would change as we were, uh, um, as you guys got older, that I wouldn't worry about your stuff anymore. So, like, Sam's car was broken, but he fixed that. Abe's car is, that he just bought, like, a couple weeks ago, is, he hasn't driven it yet because it's broken. Um, I had a flat tire the other day, and uh, it just seems like even your problems feel heavy on me. Uh, I never would have anticipated that. That uh, you know somehow you having a water softener that needs to be repaired would feel heavy on me. I know you're going to take care of the whole thing, but I still like somehow I worry about it. I don't know why. I wish I wouldn't. So I need to stop. Yeah, it's insane how many car problems we all have. But it's uh, the the mechanic I think says uh, we're one of probably his best customers. I feel like I mean it's got to be. <laughs> we have two cars in there a week. It feels like. Yeah, it does feel like that. Hey, you were telling me, too, that uh, you sent me a, um, a link saying that uh, actor and comedian Tim Conway wasn't doing well. Um, it sounded like that uh, not he's, at, he's not at the end of his life, but he's not, uh, not doing very well. And I was just thinking about Tim Conway uh, just the other day. Um, what were your favorite Tim Conway movies, Ben? Well, obviously, the best movie and possibly to Tim Conway and possibly one of my favorite movies is The Apple Dumpling Gang, one in, uh, and then Apple Dumpling Gang Rides Again. Uh, uh, that scene with the fire station is just incredible. <laughs> yeah, I saw that, Elizabeth, though. Sorry, I was muted there. Um, but no, it was just, it, that was just such good. And then I think he's in Gus the Kicking Mule, too, as well, right? Right, uh, right. That one's a yes. good one. Uh, I'm trying to think what other ones he's in. I think he's in one of the he's Shaggy in, DA or something. Yeah, he had kind of a big part in those. But, uh, I mean, but you're right. Uh, I mean, Apple Dumbledore Night Gang Hogan's is Heroes, classic. Is he in Hogan's Heroes? <laughs> or, no, McHale's no. Navy. McHale's Navy. McHale's Navy. <laughs> he just kind of plays that dumb, like, character who just doesn't know what's going on. And, Mom, if you have not, if your kids have not seen the Apple Dumpling Gang, 
it is a travesty. They should be able to, they should watch that. So maybe this weekend, um, you know, it, it would just be good for good for everybody. Well, hey, Ben, today we're going to talk about part three of kind of a four-part series. These are the whys we homeschool. And a lot of people have given us some feedback on uh, how they've been encouraged so far. Uh, but today is my favorite part. This is my favorite reason of why we homeschool our kids. Um, because, you know, the thing about being a homeschooler is that, again, as I watch your comments over on Facebook, uh, your comments are all the same. You know, you're you're overwhelmed. You're uh, you're doubting your efforts already, and we're just starting. We haven't started yet, but we're we're thinking about starting uh, come Monday. I mean, or Tuesday, for me. Um, but you know, to me, it always kind of reminds me of this this thick fog. Um, and I've shared this this story. I don't know, uh, maybe a thousand times, all over the country, multiple times. Um, but I remember the story of this this lady. Uh, I read it as a kid in a sports magazine. Uh, I think it was probably Sports Illustrated at the time, and and this is probably you know 40 years ago, 35 years ago. Um, I read this story about this lady who was going to swim this body of water. I think it was probably the English English Channel, maybe some more warm. I don't know. Um, but she practices, and the day she steps down into the water, you know the. The day she's going to make the attempt. It's just a beautiful blue sky day, and she steps into the water, and she begins to swim. And as she's swimming, this fog rolls in, this super thick fog. You know, that kind of fog horn, that that kind of fog. Ben could probably put a sound effect in there if I asked him to. Um, and, you know, that thick where you can't see anything. And as she's swimming, you know, she kind of treads water, looks around to see if she's still going the right direction. And she can't tell which direction she's going, but she thinks she's still going the right direction. Puts her head down the water and swims some, some more and, and does, treads water and swims and treads water and swims, looks around, still can't see anything. Um, you know, now these doubts are starting to cloud her thoughts, like the fog is clouding her vision. Um, she even asked the guy, uh, in the little boat next to her, and like, are, are we on track? And this is before cell phones and GPS, and, and he's like, I think we are, but I'm not positive. And now her arms begin to feel heavy, and her legs feel like lead. And after checking a few more times, she finally tells the guy in the boat, we're, we're headed out to sea, you know, we're going to die, this is not going to turn out well, and she gets in the boat. Here's how I remember the story, because the story continues, and it says, the boat continues just a few more minutes, and it pops out of the fog, and it's right there by the shore. The truth was, she was right on, on, on target. Her, she, you know, her goal was going to be realized, but she believed a lie, and she acted on a lie, and she missed out on the reward. My fear is that lots of moms are in that, you know, that fog that um, they, they think they're messing up their kids. They think, you know, you're all going to die. That, you know, if we continue, my kids are never going to get jobs. They're never going to get into college. They're never going to be have successful lives and be productive citizens. That is a bold-faced lie from the pit of hell because it's just not true. Um, you know, and so we talked about, uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about how home is the best place for children. Um, and you, if you didn't listen, you ought to go to bathroom lesson. And then last week we talked about um, that parents are the best teachers of their children. Uh, I didn't say best teachers in the world, just of their children. And if you didn't listen to that one, go back and listen to that one. 
Um, and then today, um, we're going to talk about how every child is a masterpiece. I'm going to say that one more time. We believe that every one of your children is a masterpiece. I'm going to say that one more time. We believe that even that child is a masterpiece. You know, and we and we always believe that in the past. You know, that's just the way it was. Um, you know, they would have, uh, uh, you know, at the very beginning of time, we had no problem guiding kids because we said, oh, this kid's good with his hands. He's going to be a carpenter. And, you know, this kid's good with numbers. He's going to be a mathematician. This kid's good with goats. He's going to be a shepherd. But somewhere along the way, you know, in that modern school movement, people started saying, experts started saying, no. That's not um, true. We need to have some categories, and we need to have some standards. You've heard those words before. We need to have some standards, and we need to measure our kids or our students according to those standards. Um, and so they got this measuring stick out, one size, you know, sub supposedly fits all. And they said, okay, measure up against it. If you do really good, we'll give you an A for excellence. Um, if, we, if you do a little worse, we'll give you a B. If you give you an average, we'll give you a C. If you're below that, we'll give you a D. And, you know, anything below that, we'll just call you a failure and give you a big old F. You know, uh, those letters are pretty powerful things. In fact, uh, you know, uh, I know some of your husbands uh, are are not so sure about homeschooling. And I know why. You know, they'll say things like, oh, I just wanted to have all the good memories that I had growing up and going to school. You know why they had good memories? Uh, it, or you, maybe even that you had good memories? Because you did good, good you got good grades, you did good in school, um, you were popular, you were good in sports. I'll tell you, if you weren't very popular, you didn't do good, didn't get good grades, you weren't very, uh, uh, didn't do well in sports, school, could have been it probably was a miserable experience you know and, and so you know the thing is uh we kind of believe what they believe we use those same standards let me tell you about those standards i remember one time i was in louisville kentucky and this guy came up to me he was a lumberjack um and uh he said uh uh hey todd you're right you know School's real, you know, wasn't very good for me. And, and of course, he said it all in that lumberjack tone to talk, you know. And he said, uh, when I was in kindergarten, he said it like that. When I was in kindergarten, he said, my <clears> teacher, <throat> she was handing back her papers, um, and mine was a, had a big old F on it. And when she handed it to me, he said, she got down in my face and she whispered to me, we're going to put this out in the hallway so everybody can see how dumb you are. Now, as he said that, I look up in this guy's face and I see a big old tear just slide down his lumberjack face. And uh, then he started talking about his dad. Now he was a lumberjack and he said, school, school was hard for me my whole life. Now I'm just a big old dumb lumberjack. And then he talked about, you know, I works with his dad. And at the end of every day, he sits on this tree stump talking with his dad. And now the tears are flowing down his cheeks. And, and uh, he... And I, as, as he was crying, I thought, how tragic that any kid would ever feel that way. You know, what's more tragic to me, or tragicer, is that any homeschooled kid would feel the same way. Because moms, we believe those, that those standards mean something, and they don't. You know, we believe that, uh, you know, only A's are to be appreciated. Um, anything less is failure. Um, and those letter grades don't mean 
anything, moms. Um, I, I know I, I went to public school um, and I got all good grades. Um, but it wasn't a measure of anything. I mean, I could take a test right now on just about any subject. I'm a good guesser. Um, I can eliminate. I would do a, a decent job. It's not a measure of anything. In fact, if you were going to give a, and I'm going to ask you, Ben, if you were going to give a letter grade to a masterpiece, that is a piece made by the master, what kind of letter grade would you give him? Probably at least a B. <laughs> yeah. Maybe even an A. No, even A. <laughs> oh, ben, ben was slow on the draw. <laughs> He's just messing with uh, And exactly, you'd give him an A. Because it always seemed odd to me that we would we take this kid who's good at math, he comes into the world good at math, and we say, oh, we'll give you an A for being good in math. And any kid who's not good in math, we give them anything less. And of course, it's not just math, but it's every subject. Because, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I took all those classes in school. I took calculus in, in high school. I took advanced calculus in college. I could not solve a simple algebra problem right now. I mean, if you asked me to, I couldn't do it. I'm not even sure I can do fractions anymore. I was helping my 13-year-old daughter last year, so she was 13 last year, and uh, we were working on fractions together, and she's like, Dad, what's uh, something, you know, what's uh, three-fourths of seven-fifty-ninths? And I'm like, there's no such thing as seven-fifty-ninths. <laughs> uh, and I knew you flipped things over, but I didn't know how, and we had to ask her, her mom. And, I love that. Um, I just can't do it. And in, in Incredibles 2, if you haven't seen it, it's a great movie, but you know where Jack, or uh, Bob, you know, Mr. Incredible's trying to help him right. with his math? And, you know, they changed it all because it was a different way. Do you remember that scene? Right, right, right. Oh, that was an awesome scene. It makes me always think of that when you're trying to teach us. Because it's the same thing, you know. I mean, and the thing is, you know, I, I'm a productive citizen. I'm just not a math person. Those numbers don't mean anything to me. In fact, um, one time I was at a, a homeschool conference and, you know, this, this lady was trying to uh, or, or I was walking around looking for candy, and I see this little booth, and I'm, I asked this lady, I said, hey, can I have some of your candy? And she said, hey, if you if you let me go through your my math program with you. And I'm like, uh, you know, I said, I'm not very good. And she goes, oh, you will be good. You will be when I'm done with you. And she goes, put out your hand. And she put her my hand out, or I put my hand out. She put some coins in my hand. She goes, I'm going to show you how to count back change. Now, my wife has tried to show me how to count back change. I don't know. Ben, can you count back change? I mean, I think I can. Decently. Okay, I'm not, <laughs> I won't quiz you right now. But, you know, that's where they say, oh, you gave me $7.59. Here's $60, you know, whatever, right, however right. you do that. Um, I can't do that. Um, it makes sense to me. I just can't do it. And I told her, I said, I, I, I can't do it. And she said, oh, yes, you can. They, they've taught the monkeys how to do this. And so, you know, she spends 10 minutes trying to get me to figure it out. And I'm babbling like an idiot because I'm nervous. And after 10 minutes, she goes, oh, you can just have some candy. And so, you know, I'm kind of like a vendor hall dropout. Uh, I can't even make it through that. And that's okay. That's okay because we believe that every one of your children is a masterpiece, you know, and we forget that. We forget that. In fact, you know those letter grades? They just don't mean anything. Um, I remember one time, uh, we, we live in Indiana, so we don't have to keep letter grades, uh, but my wife will need them, needs them every once in a while for, like, uh, uh, insurance purposes. 
Um, and I hope my insurance agent's not listening right now. Uh, but uh, I know she'll say, well, what should we give the kids? And this is probably for Ben. I said, give them all A's. And she said, we can't do that. And, and I said, I can with 100% integrity, you know, because I believe it. Now she couldn't, so she had to give them some B's, I think. Couldn't have been me. Um, huh? I said it couldn't have been me. It's super believable <laughs> if it was an A. <laughs> that's true, that's true. You know, and so, Mom, if you don't have to take grades, don't take them because it's not a measure of anything. But you know what? I, I found out that really the grades aren't about our kids, kids anyway. It's really about us. It's a reflection on us. So we don't feel like we've done our job well unless they get A's. Um, and that's just not true because it's not a good measure. Um, if you have to take grades, you know, if your, your state demands it, go ahead. But just don't show them to your kids, you know, don't, because it won't help them. And if you can, try not to look at them yourself. Um, because again, it just either makes you feel uh, falsely uh, like they, they're learning things or it makes you feel defeated. Most of the time, it makes you feel defeated. Um, and so uh, we believe that every child is a masterpiece. And you know, I still get moms who come up to me and say, oh yeah, you're, you're so right, Todd. Uh, I'm just praising God because my kid's in the 99.9th percentile. You know, I'm still waiting for that mom to come up to me and go, you know, I'm just praising God because my child's in the whatever, the uh, fourth percentile. Because we should be, shouldn't we? <laughs> we should be um, praising God for those fourth percentile kids. Um, uh, in fact, I believe this truth. I believe this truth that uh, that, you're, that God is going to make your children exactly what he wants them to be. You know, not even because of you, but even sometimes in spite of you, because the uh, the truth is that, uh, you know, our kids become what God has created them to be. Um, I hear parents all the time say, oh, yeah, my, my daughter is a, a biologist and we didn't even cover biology or, you know, my son's a computer scientist and we didn't we didn't have computers. Um, it's the same way, even with my kids. Um, you know, my, my kids, uh, Catherine, when she first started reading, uh, she showed signs really early. She was probably, you know, I don't know, five, six years old. Um, and, uh, uh, my wife got that book, how to teach your children to read in a hundred easy lessons. And Catherine got it like on lesson six and it just made perfect sense to her. The sun right behind her. Uh, wouldn't have gotten it if it was, you know, how to teach your children to read in 10,000 really hard lessons. Um, he knew those letters made made words or made sounds, but when you put them together, they didn't make words. So we would go over and over again. We'd say, okay, what's the first letter? K. What's the second letter? A. What's the third letter? T. What's the word? And he'd go, look at it and go, fish? And I'm like, fish? No, what's the first letter? K. What's the second letter? A. What's the third letter? T. What's the word? Fish? <laughs> what's the difference? Did Catherine get it because, you know, my wife was such an amazing teacher? No. Was it because Catherine, uh, the curriculum was so amazing? No. Did my son right behind her struggle because now my wife couldn't remember how to teach? No. Was it because the curriculum stunk? No. We tried other, you know, uh, other curriculum, same fish results. What's the difference? The child. It's the child. You know, it's like this. If I were to reach in my pocket and pull out a little seed and, and plant it in the ground and, and cover it up with uh, uh, with a dirt and sprinkle some magic water, what kind of plant would come up? Exactly. Whatever I planted. So, uh, 
you know, if I put in a piece of corn, up pops a corn plant. If I put in a watermelon seed, a watermelon. You know, never in the history of the world has a farmer put in a bean and that popped a rutabaga. It just doesn't work that way. It's the same way with your kids. Your math kids are going to be math kids. Your non-math kids are going to be non-math kids. Um, that's just the way it is. And that takes away all the pressure, you know. And now we can start looking at our children as masterpieces. In fact, I was uh, looking at some comments from uh, last week's podcast, and uh, there were a couple moms. I just really appreciated the comments. One was by uh, Amber Parrish. She said, I needed this today because this week I've been in tears almost all day, every day so far. God's my strength. You're being his hands and feet and encouraging. And then Emily Jackson said, uh, thanks. I so needed this after, after a blow up with some of my kids. Um, you know, here's why we blow up. Here's why we cry. Because we forget that every child is the masterpiece. Every child. You know, I mean, I have, I know that because remember when um, uh, God went to uh, Moses and he said, hey, uh, Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. Uh, do you remember what uh, Pharaoh's <laughs> comment or uh, what Moses' comment was? Remember he said, I don't know how to, you know, speak. My tongue is thick. You know, you know what Moses didn't or God didn't say to Moses? He didn't say well, well, Moses was my curriculum. You can't talk. You're just using the wrong side of your brain. He didn't say anything like that, did he? What did he say instead? Remember, he just said, Moses, you know, I'm the one who made you. I'm the one who made the deaf and the mute and the blind. Those who are good in math and those who aren't. Those who are sloppy and those who are neat. Those who can write a sentence and those who struggle to write, you know, a word. Um, of course, he didn't say that part, but he could have. And maybe he could have added, or could have added, and your job, parents, is to enjoy your children, even if they never get it. Even if they never get it. I mean, there was a question that came in on Facebook um, by Katie Flyer. K-A-D-Y. That is a cool name. Katie Flyer. Um, she said, I'm having trouble getting my senior to be motivated to focus on the schoolwork. We just started a few weeks ago. He did well last year with self-study. After summer break, he seems to lack motivation. So what should I do? You know what I would do is I would look at my child as a masterpiece. I would know that he did well last year. That means he's going to do okay this year too. Maybe having some struggles and, you know, getting, you know, figuring out how to do that. What we start to do is we start to look at our kids like they're the enemies. You know, we look at them like they're messing up our schedule. They're messing up our homeschool. And we need to look at them as God's got this. You know, God's going to uh, do exactly what he's going to do in their lives. You know, they're going to be okay. And and that takes away a lot of the pressure. Um, you know, I, I remember I had a, a mom who came up to me and said, Oh, Todd, I, I so believe in what you're saying. Um, but, uh, you know, it's every day. Every day we get to you know, math at, at whatever, 1030. And my son gets frustrated and I get frustrated and he's crying and I'm crying, we're all crying. And she said, I tried everything. I get up in the morning and have my quiet time. You know, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has me. And, you know, we're in the spirit, we're in the groove and we get to 1030, we get to math. He gets frustrated. I start to yell, crying and yelling. It's just ugly all over the place. Um, she goes, I don't know what to do. And I said, well, that's not so hard. 
I said, you know what I would do? And she's like, what, what? I said, well, don't do math. And she looked at me like I had spoken the unpardonable sin. And she said, you've got to be kidding me. And I said, I'm dead serious. I said, what's more important, the relationship with your child or math? And this is a lead-in to next week because we're out of time. Um, we're going to talk about the answer because the answer is, say it with me, no, it's not math. It's relationship. Relationship is always the most important. And it's a lot easier to do when we believe that every child, every single one of your children is a masterpiece, you know, made by the master himself. And so, Mom, here's what I'd like you to do for, for this week. I'd like you just kind of, if you started homeschooling, you know, I'd like you to use those eyes that uh, see your child as a masterpiece. You know, for Katie Flyer, uh, you know, your, your senior uh, child is having a little trouble getting motivated. That's okay. You know, you, don't, you can't tell me there aren't a lot of kids in regular schools who have trouble getting motivated. Um, you know, it's hard being a, it's hard being a, a senior in age-wise. Um, and so, you know, give him some, give him, let him focus on the things that are of most interest to him. These are the times when they're getting that old that, man, you can push them in the right direction, uh, the, the direction that they're, they're bent and, uh, let them run with it. Um, and then, you know, those other things, you know, you can let some of them slide, but maybe you're looking at your kids and you're like some of those moms that I, I read about, um, that you're crying. They're crying. You're all crying and yelling and screaming. I think that is because you have forgotten, because people are putting pressure on you, because they're at making, they're saying, here's the standard. This is the standard. When those standards are just made up, you know, I, I mean, I had a mom come up to me, and I just one mom. I've had a, a dozen moms come up to me and say, you know, Todd, uh, and they usually wait till like uh, everybody else walked away and they're like, you know, Todd, um, my son, and they kind of look around to make sure no one's listening. They'll say, my son's, you know, 10 years old, and he's still not listening. Or not listening. He's still not reading. Of course, they're not listening. They never listen. But he's 10 years old, and he's still not reading. And they, you know, I've been tempted to say, you're kidding me. Someone call the police. Um, but uh, the truth is, who set that standard? Should all kids be reading by six years old? No. Should all, I forgot that we're videoing this. Um, so I, I've just been going on. I could have been picking my notes. I don't know. But I, I should I have forgotten that. Um, you know, should all kids be reading by seven? No. Eight? No. I'm starting to lose some of you. Nine? No. Ten? No. Not every kid reads by ten years old. That's okay. You know, Mom, you may have a child who's not reading. You may have a child uh, who's struggling in some other area. Maybe they can't write a whole paragraph. They can't write a whole paper because you talk to your little friends and their kids are writing novels, you know. That's okay. Your kids are going to get it. But here's the deal. I want to challenge you to love your child even if they never get it. I want you to focus on your child, you know, because here's the deal. Some of our kids, they may not be able to verbalize this, but I think they feel mom would like me better if I just got it. Now, I know the truth. You love your children. But can you understand how they might feel that way? We're going to talk about next week. You know, we're going to focus in on the relationship. How to make the relationship the most important part. 
Hey, I got to go because we're out of time. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Ben, are there any questions? I, I should have asked you that. No, there aren't any questions. Uh, I mean, uh, one of our listeners, Elizabeth, did say, let the standards go. The government has made them. Who decides who, what to teach in schools anyways, which I think is true. I mean, you know, you're letting someone else uh, determine that, which I think just goes in, goes in line. But no, no Exactly. Some pencil-headed, you know, pointed-headed, uh, you know, school teachers and or uh, uh, whatever, administrators, you know, sit around and decide. And, it, and it's just not accurate. It's not accurate. It's not a one-size-fits-all. That's the beauty of homeschooling our kids. Well, hey, thanks for listening. Um, I hope to see you next week or uh, you'll join us. Um, if you haven't signed up for our weekly email, make sure you do. Um, you can sign up at our website at the, fam- the smilinghomeschooler.com. Um, until next week, keep smiling. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. We hope you'll join us next week for the final part of this series. Don't forget to subscribe and drop us a review, and it might even get read on the show. If you have a question for either of us, you can ask it at ben at smilinghomeschooler.com. And don't forget to like us over on our Facebook page. And as always, keep smiling.